Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. I am here today with Dr. Robotnik, and for those of you who don't know him very well, you should, first of all. But second of all, um, I have him on the podcast today because we met like a couple of years ago. It was at Nightmare on Rockwell Street, I think, for the first time, which was Shadow Puppet's first event. And I know I actually had seen your videos beforehand from the, it was the highlight your style robot stuff. I had seen that and I was like, oh, his robot's so sick. And Alex had shown me videos of you and stuff. And you're just like a huge inspiration for me personally, but I also know like just a crazy awesome animator and robot specialist. And recently you've blown up on social media for the NPC movement. You actually have over... 40,000 followers on Instagram and 147,000 followers on TikTok, which is pretty insane to me. Hello, everyone. Future Jude here. I'm just briefly interjecting while I'm editing this podcast because since the time of recording this, uh, Dr. Robotnik's followers had actually changed. He now has over 77,000 followers on Instagram and over 180,000 followers on TikTok. So just to show you guys clearly the impressiveness of how quickly he's grown in such a short amount of time. We recorded this podcast, I think about a month or so ago. So honestly, definitely stay tuned in for the rest of this episode because it's going to be super insightful. So I really just wanted to get you on here and pick your brain. And um, I know a lot of people are interested to just like hear about like your experience and like how you got so big with all of this stuff too. So um, thanks for joining me. Sure. Happy to be here. Thank you for the introduction. Appreciate of course. It. So we'll jump right into it then. My first question for you, for people who are maybe new to the dance scene or even just like new to like animation in general, like maybe we can just give some context about like what NPC is. So if you want to jump into that and just give us like a brief rundown, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess to, for starters, I'll explain where the term comes from. NPC, uh, it stands for non-playable character or non-player character. Um, it is a term from games. It's basically any character in a game that is not controlled by someone who's playing the game. Um, so in video games, typically you think of like a shopkeep or people around the town you're walking through um, and it's characters that are controlled by the programming. And technically speaking, it's pretty much any of that. So you're the monsters to the bosses, even the side characters and stuff like that. Those are all technically NPCs. So that's where the terminology comes from. I think in the, con the context of this conversation, I imagine there's some notes relative to the social media content that's out there for NPC uh, as well as uh, sort of like where it might fit in in dancing as well. So I kind of want to say it, the NPC is a little bit misleading in some ways because when you have skits or when we're trying to bring it into our, our dance, we're mimicking not only the behavior we see and are inspired by from NPCs, but also player characters, pretty much any character in a game. The player character is the one you control, and those have a lot of great, wonderful movements that we like to copy as well. So NPC, um, it's really, when we're talking about it, it's kind of like N slash PC. It's generally more inspiration from video game movement. And NPC is just really sweet, special term for it. It has this nice ring to it. And all the other terms you can think of just... Just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and also just for context for everyone, I know you're like really big into like computers and gaming and like, I don't know if you're still working on that sort of stuff, but like, I know we've talked about that before. And that's also, I think something that's really cool that you probably take a lot of inspiration from in your dance, right? Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, yeah, I've been working in the game industry for about, I think, seven years now. And so I've had a lot of experience working with games, and that gives me some a little bit extra insight about different things that happen on the development side. And I've gotten inspirations, not just from this like video game dance kind of stuff, but like uh, even 3D animation 
and, and how that works in game development. Even like the first time we first started talking, like you were explaining like computer glitches and how that can be like portrayed in like your robot and stuff. And I just thought that was really cool too. So yeah, I think it's cool to kind of like tie it all together and like just see where you come from with a very unique perspective on the dance, which is awesome. I've gotten a lot of inspiration from video games you know, and particularly things like network games and latency and stuff like that. Like that had already started to come through for my dance in general. Yeah, I just wanted to provide a little bit more context there because I think that's just something interesting to know about you. But cool, now that we kind of know like what NPC is, do you want to go ahead and maybe give a little bit of background, I guess, on how you got started with it? Yeah, absolutely. Probably the TLDR on it is um, I got into it thanks to Clocks, the homies, Clocks underscore Ticken. It's uh, an incredible dancer. I'm sure sure you all know him. I guess for the long story is probably, I would say about three years ago, I was trying to get interested in how to fuse dancing and gaming, or like these the two worlds. And back then, I started by streaming on Twitch. The concept was uh, dancing to video game remixes live, and, and that was really cool. I met a lot of cool people. It wasn't really the bridge I was looking for. So I think it was like one and a half to two years ago, Clocks moved to L.A., and uh, yeah, he was like, hey, yo, we should do this, like make NPC content. We should do all this stuff. And we didn't at first. Uh, it was just, you know, a lot of, like a lot of things. You talk about doing things, but you don't actually do them. But we, had, we kept talking about it. Um, and it was about, it was, I think it was, it was June 2022. It's about a little over a year ago. And I was, I was traveling in Korea. And there's a, an incredible creator. Uh, the account name is Roshniki. It's a, it's a couple from Poland, two people, Nikki and uh, Lochek, and they're incredible dancers. They're actually poppers. Uh, and then they're also like, they've been, I think, for a few years, video game and other kind of social media content. They've been doing it for a long time. And they had uh, released, I think it was like on a date with the NBC video that blew up. It was an incredible video. Yeah, but Nikki was, she was, she's just incredible at it, like the amount of uncanny feeling she could emulate and like everything was on point the runs um everything and so i saw that i think i was in korea when i saw it mm-hmm. and i was just like it was a slap in the face it was like shit <laughs> we need to do this like what this needs to happen now like we've been talking about it and just not acting on it. we need to actually do it so i got back when i got back to la i think it was like mid-july we started recording and i think we posted our first video i think it was july 22nd and that's how i got it wow okay well yeah, I mean, that's super cool because it's crazy. I literally didn't even know about NPC until I saw you guys started doing it. So it's super cool just to also, I guess, get a better understanding because obviously when dance movements or even just like movements in general start, like I think we have a, a tendency to like give credit to one person. But I think like oftentimes it's like a collective of people doing the same thing in like different places and it's really cool just to kind of get an idea of like at least how you got into it and like how it kind of got started in the first place from your perspective. So um, yeah, my next question is, can you kind of give me a little bit more of an understanding, I guess, of what the timeline was like from then at that point until it like kind of became like a viral sensation? Like how did it go from that like just a little niche interest of yours and clocks to like just becoming a huge internet phenomenon. <laughs> sure, yeah. And I mean, uh, just like to maybe clarify there, because there there's our yeah. timeline, but like there's also more of a historical NPC timeline that could be talked mm-hmm. about. Um, you mentioned just a second ago about like attributing to a group of people versus one. And not to dodge your question for a second, I, I'll yeah, get back to ahead. it, but uh, <laughs> that's something that's been on my mind lately a lot, something that mm. I kind of want to talk about because obviously like we've seen a lot of debates about certain art forms and the you know who was the first, like what, where they really come from. Mm-hmm. And so I already started to think about it because as my accounts have blown up, not only my own accounts, but on other people's accounts, I've been witnessing a lot of stuff like, you know, people will send me a message like, yo, this person's copying you. But like, I was like, you know, I know they've been doing it for years before me. Mm. Um, and, you know, or just like the general notion of whoever you see first, you assume is the first, which is mm-hmm. pretty incorrect, I think, in most cases. So yeah. um, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. So maybe like, I guess to start with the timeline for Clocks and I, which is you know, maybe pretty interesting for people is we released that first video July 22nd, uh, 2022, a little over a year ago. It's really not that long ago. And 
we started releasing stuff right away. And at that first video, I think hit like 30 or 40,000 views on Instagram, maybe. I think mm. I don't really remember exactly what was the values then versus like now. Mm -hmm. um but at the time that was really big because like <laughs> back then it was like yeah most videos would be like 500 anything that would hit a thousand was oh that one hit a thousand you know <laughs> and um that was the experience and then this mm -hmm. one hit like i don't know maybe it only hit 20 i don't i don't really remember but we saw that and we we're just like whoa mm. like we just messed around posted this one video and like it got a lot of attention so we're just like, all right, let's go, let's go. Let's just like keep meeting up and, and making things. And I think it was even our, I think it might've been our, even our second or third recording session that we, we made a video that po we posted on August 6th. Uh, and that was the first one that hit a million views. That broke wow. And so we're talking like just over two weeks. It, the transition was insanely fast. That's crazy. Yeah. We had one, I think there was one on TikTok within those two weeks up that didn't get that much, but might have hit like a hundred thousand or two hundred. So that ready was like really crazy. Mm -hmm. Um and then hit, you know, August sixth. Uh like that was the first one that like it's just a, it's such a wild experience for to experience it the, for the first time. Your phone blowing up with notifications. Every time you open TikTok, it's just like it's just insane. And then yeah. I go to work and then people are like, oh, I saw you on my FYP. Like it's, it was, oh. it was nuts. Do people ever recognize you like in the street, like random people? That's a great question. So I don't think it's happened. Um, I've usually, if I get recognized, it's still within the dance scene. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I think a lot of that actually has to do with a lot of my best videos. I'm the arm in the video yeah yeah that's true so uh i don't yeah there are videos with me in it and actually some of my best videos like my face is in it and whatnot but yeah i haven't really gotten recognized in public yet yeah no i was just curious because i'm like dang that's like so many people and i would just like imagine that if like you blew up that quickly yeah people recognize you but that's totally fair like you like you said like you're always player one like i remember I remember when I first saw you doing like the player one stuff, I was like, that's genius. Like I had never seen anyone do it from that perspective. Like I had seen like you and some other people like yeah. do like, like the NPC. But when I saw the, the player one stuff from the first time, I was like, now that's like another level. That's another level. <laughs> I want to I get into that here in a minute because I know you have like a whole setup I saw when we filmed that video <laughs> in Arizona last year. Oh yeah. And that that blew my mind. Like, I was like, that is like dedication right there. Like, that is so clever. <laughs> um, it was like a whole other level of like production that I never thought you would even be putting into like little videos like this. So um, I definitely is, want to get into that. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it's to my detriment because it's, you know, a lot of it is just like I, I have a fun time doing all that extra work <laughs> uh, where, you know, probably you don't need it to have a good video for social media sake, but. Mm -hmm. For me, it's more of, um, I don't know, I get all into that, that side it's of fun. it. It's, it's really fun. It's fun. Like even, even like the level of work you put in, like, I don't know how long it takes you to edit these videos, um, which that's a question I have for later as well. But like, I, I just see you put like so much effort into like making it look like a video game screen as well, which is like super cool. Like, I, I just love that all the little animations and stuff. But yeah. Anyways, that is crazy. It just two weeks and it just like blew up like that. I remember yeah. too, like, I so for out of the shadows this year, we actually did a cruise showcase. And for like the transition between Alex and I, we did like a little bit of an NPC like commando. And Tanya posted that and she put a hashtag NPC. And it blew up. And I was so shocked. And I'm still getting notifications to this day. It's yeah. like, just still getting likes and stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, just the fact that she used hashtag and just like made it go crazy. And I was like, what in the heck? So yeah, I think that that's, that's crazy. Cool. Awesome. Um, so kind of going off of that. Yeah. My next question. So what factors do you think led to NPC blowing up to become as big of a phenomenon as it has? I think, well, let's, let's take a, let's take one step back kind of to the, the last question. I, I think, um, 
definitely for me and clocks like the stuff that we we built like blew up but there's there's a whole other stuff that was just ongoing already there's there's a lot of history already to, mm-hmm. to NPC. so like you're just saying about when you saw the the arm for the first time that blew your minds but like it's actually yeah. nothing new we we actually we both both of us knew mm-hmm. of that from seeing videos in the past like so we weren't really innovating there i just want to like just say some notes about the history so like because if we're going to talk about of it blowing up and, and being a phenomenon, that's mm-hmm. kind of contextual to the history as well. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know when it actually started, but you know, I, I'm starting to research a little bit. I knew from personal memories that I remember, I was like, yeah, this is like over 10 years at least. I recently did a, you know some searching and I found the oldest video I could find was like 16 years ago on YouTube of people emulating a video game. Whoa. And uh, yeah, and it's not a new idea at its core. Mm-hmm. There's innovations and new things that have come out across all the years. But mm-hmm. even in the style of that clocks and I use, there were content creators like way, way back on YouTube too, doing that exact kind of format. So um, I mean, even I think I'd have to double check, but I think it was about nine years ago in uh, SNL Korea, they did GTA skits, for example. Oh. Um, and, you know, and, you know, it's like something like SNL, like that's huge. Like that's, yeah. that's big stuff. So I, I actually think like the blowing up, the sensations already has probably gone through some generations that there's been mm-hmm. some, like, I remember seeing like various videos in the past that were viral on YouTube. Uh, and if you go and look, look through old YouTube, um, you know, you'll find these videos that have millions of views, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and each, I think new social media platform brings a new generation, different demographics related to age. And so I kind of, I almost feel like a lot of right now is that because clocks and I come from the dance community, there is a new wave within the dance community that's seeing it Mm -hmm. for the first time. Like that demographic is seeing it a lot for the first time, but even different countries might have different experiences. Recently, there was like a whole there was like a huge thing about NPC live streams that blew up mm-hmm. uh, for a new creator that's doing that. But even that like had already been a few years in, in history with, with that stuff before. Mm-hmm. And it just blew up again in a, in a more worldwide sense. So that's just a little bit of like, when we're talking about blowing up, I feel like there's not necessarily anything new about like you know, clocks and eyes videos blowing up. It's just that mm-hmm. I think we added another level of quality from our movement from animation skills mm-hmm. um, most creators that have d- happened in the past aren't dancers they don't have any sort of level of movement you know training mm-hmm. but now and not just us like the creator i met, mentioned loshniki uh and there are other creators too now that are dancers that are doing this content and you can kind of tell they have a a, a higher level of, of emulating that weird so no blockiness of a video game character. Um, it's very much like robot in a way. Mm-hmm. And so I think clocks and I were able to start showing that. And so people, it adds a little bit of extra pop to these videos of like, whoa, this looks really crazy. Um, yeah. not only is it funny, but it's also really creative, like crazy. Like it looks unreal. Like it does. <laughs> exactly. It really, it brings it to life. It's, it actually kind of brings it to less life. if we want to get technical and there's a lot of people who do the comedy style make fun of video games or sort of their charm and stuff and then there's more that's like realism you know video game reenactment and obviously we went towards the comedy side Uh, I think our personalities both Mm -hmm. like that and I think it keeps trending and blowing up because it's very relatable it's very relatable to mm. a lot of people. There's a lot like gamers. There's tons of gamers around the world. And everyone who's a gamer has experienced this kind of thing and looked at the game and be like, oh, that's funny. Or they can see it and be like, oh, yeah, that's that is how video games move. Or you've watched yeah. your sibling play video games, um, even if you don't play mm-hmm. them. And then there's also just like, things not working we all like just like the experience of someone watching a video game and being like oh that's kind of funny how they're moving 
-hmm. even if you just see that and don't know it's a video game, you'll think it's weird at least, right? I think this stuff is the same exact comedic vein as Shields and Yarnell. Like you're thinking about like Mm -hmm. old like robot comedy. It's like the same exact thing. It's like these glitchy buggy things that are messing you know like there's that 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 skit shields and urinal skit with the cereal and like pouring the cereal and yeah, it's I, I know that one. <laughs> yeah so it's like the same thing you know anyone who's gotten into robot dance like you've probably messed around with walking into a wall as a robot <laughs> yep <laughs> npc we do the same thing maybe we're running running into the wall instead <laughs> So for all those reasons, I think these things are they're just funny and relatable. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy, too, that you say that because um, like you already touched on this, but like people who don't play video games themselves still understand video games to some level, or maybe they only do it every now and then. But I just feel like everyone, like you said, can relate to that. But what's crazy, too, is even like, <laughs> for example, when we're doing it out in public, there's those people who are like, what the heck are you doing? Like, you can tell they don't yeah. understand it, but it's like, it's still so funny. Like, it feels like an inside joke that like so many people are in on. Um, and I think that's that's what makes it fun, too, is because even if there are there are some people who don't get it, like you feel like you're a part of this, like inside joke with everybody that you know <laughs> that is true like i have seen comments that are just like like what's going on i don't understand and like or like <laughs> what's an npc yeah yeah so it's it's fun too because like even here in chicago like even though you were the one that showed us how to do npc alex has somehow become the npc guy in in the battle yesterday like uh one somebody was going against him like just came up to him and started doing npc stuff uh just just as a joke and like as after alex won we were all doing like the npc a handful of us like all around the circle were just like doing it and like it just started to catch on and everyone was doing it and it's just like so funny how that happens but then you could tell like there was at least one judge who was like what's going on like I don't understand like (laughs) it was really funny but yeah um my next question I feel like we kind of already touched on this as far as like what the appeal is to people outside of the dance world but like let's talk about it more so about in the context of dance Mm -hmm. like what do you think is the appeal of NPC to so many people in a lot of ways it's all the same reasons again as Mm -hmm. a sort of basis like there's a lot of gamer dancers and whatnot and it's also because it's like a movement thing i think it makes it fun for dancers because dancers we we play with movement so it is a Mm -hmm. way to play with movement yeah so that that kind of adds to it and i think specifically on the dance side at least in trying to push it as a dance form and I, i think it's not not many people still have adopted it, but like seeing more and more people kind of play around with it, mixing it with their actual dance itself. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are a lot of dancers that are, are creative and like to explore new avenues of movement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of that too. So that is an attractive part of it. It's just fun. It's so fun to do. <laughs> it's, you know, you know, it's, it's so addicting and fun to just mess around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to hear it from your perspective, but I can also chime in a little bit as to like what I found appealing about it when I first discovered it too. For me, it, I feel like, especially within animation, like there is a group of us who are just very nerdy. Like (laughs) we're all big nerds and like we nerd out over stuff like this and it just feels like one of those things where it's like you just get obsessed with it and you just like can't help yourself like I don't know how to explain it you'll just be like in the store and you just start doing it and like everyone's just like oh my god like here we go again and you're just like it It just feels like um yeah it's it's so like it's so fun it's like a GTA meme yeah yeah but also too like like when, when Kumse came out to visit for the workshop that was there, like we just ended up doing NPC stuff and filming videos of it in like Alex's living room. And it's just like such a fun activity, I think, that gets people yeah. out of their heads. Because with me, when it comes to like my dance sometimes, like I think I just get so like hypercritical mm. of like like my performance and like the technique and all this stuff. But with NPC, it's like not about that for me at all, at least personally. It's just like something that like, is like I obviously like want to learn how to do it better like like even when we were filming in Arizona like I was like tell me how to do it this way so I can like (laughs) good but like 
once you get at least like the basics of it, like it just becomes something that is just like fun to try and to not overthink it or to stress about it or to feel like it has to be this like spotless performance that you're putting on. Like it's just something fun to do with people and it's silly. It's silly. It makes you take yourself less seriously, I think as well. Fun. It's Mm -hmm. fresh and it's easier to do. So this Mm. same exact feeling in my opinion already existed for robots like as a roboter Mm. and like messing around with other robots we would do a lot of trolley robot stuff like yeah yeah. public even like i know some people have done it in public in the past usually i'm pretty subtle in public like i'll take my Mm -hmm. credit card out and like yeah you know they, they, they might they might not know like i'm what i'm doing but so that already existed in the roboting kind of business i would say um and to get into you know, the dance world too, and animation and robot, like NPC does bring a lot of fresh energy to, you know, an older style uh, Mm -hmm. that's more new and like relatable. And so that's exciting. I think that's another reason why it's appealing as well. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to get into robot. You need a lot of patience. You need a lot of time to build your technique to get the basics down. Whereas NPC, yeah, I mean, to make it look really uncanny and good, I do think you need a good amount of, you know, animation training or other kind of body mm-hmm. control training. But like the basics are like, I mean, you can't really see it, but you know, the, the yeah. basics, like, you know, just being able to move slightly, um, you know, mm-hmm. I think is pretty easy to learn. And like the iconic animations yeah. and whatnot. So it's basically, it's like the entry threshold is much lower exactly. than like the entry threshold in styles like popping or animation, for example. Yes. And, and that's something that I've I've talked about just in dance in general. Like, I think the reason why not as many people get into popping when they're first dancing or into animation when they're first dancing is because out of all of the street dance styles, like, and this is my opinion, popping is the hardest to get the, the basic fundamentals down for. And the same with animation, because it Mm. requires such like fine muscle control that you don't use in any other type of movement styles. Um, Whereas like with hip hop and house and like breaking, they're all hard, especially the deeper you get in the styles. Like I think the harder they get. Whereas with popping animation, I think it's the reverse. Like they're Mm. harder at first, but then like once you get the fundamentals, it gets easier as you go to like get really deeper to an extent. Like obviously that's like simplifying it, but I just think like that that entry threshold is the the big point I'm trying to emphasize no, there. I, no, you have a point. I mean, as a as a b boy, I I I do think b like breaking is the hardest. It's not to, to discount. Yes, popping and robot animation. They have these sort of central techniques that are vital for the entire dance that are really hard. Like so, mm-hmm. the way I kind of always felt in the past is like it's like learning windmills and breaking. You can yeah. like learn how to pop the basic is like learning windmills, but in breaking, then you have halos and flares and air flares. It like, it just keeps going of like really hard mm-hmm. stuff. Whereas like popping, it's like, once you get the pop, then it, yeah. then like you're saying, then it opens up and then you can kind of. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was definitely oversimplifying it, but just trying to like make an example. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think you 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 explained it perfectly. So I agree with what you were saying too about how like that kind of already existed in robot. But I will say like I think there's an added layer because robot and even just like some of these old stop motion characters are so old in animation. With NPC being so fresh, it feels like something that our generation is like contributing to like an existing right. culture. And like innovating exactly. on as opposed to just copying something that like people yes. have already like done in a style. And we've talked about this with animation, but even just like taking inspiration from more contemporary characters as opposed to doing like these hairy, I, I always butcher this, like Ray Harry Yes, like doing those types of characters like the Medusa and like the cyborg and stuff like that. Those are cool, but they're not relatable for a lot of us like in this generation at least and so it's like we we relate more to like anime characters or video game characters and so like I think that's also a part of why like NPC is so appealing to a lot of people in the dance scene especially like those of us who are like millennials and like younger I would say like you said it's fresh and it's new and it's exciting so it, it just feels like yeah I like I super, super agree with that. It's something I think about and, and say a lot. Before I uh, answer it directly, I did have a thought on 
barrier of entry and outreach uh, that I do want to yeah. mention. But so exactly what you're saying, I think our OGs looked at Sinbadding or the Adventures of Sinbad, and which had the Dynamation, which mm-hmm. nicked Sinbadding as a technique for dance. And that was their inspiration. It was relatable because they would watch those videos. No one, no one in the modern day watches those videos. It's just, mm-hmm. That's the truth. Unless you're a nerd about animation and you, exactly. you hear about it and you go and study it. Or like that's you're, a, you're a movie nerd or something like yeah. that. Maybe you've yeah. seen it. Um, <laughs> the history of claymation, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, I think that is huge. And it's all in the same vein. People watched... Adventures of Sinbad got inspired to do the uncanny movement of those videos. Before that, people saw Mechanical Boy and started doing Robot, right? Like they got inspired by its uncanny movement and emulated it. And it's the same thing for NPC, in my opinion. You see these movements that are just not right and you want to replicate it. Yeah. Same exact inspiration process. Yeah, absolutely. I I 100% agree. I think it's just like, I don't know, I just see so many animators who are trying to do animation as it's been historically done by like copying the movements of like our OGs and stuff. And like, that's great. Like, I think we need a, that to a certain extent to like pass down like this history and like preserve these styles. But at the same time, like there does need to be that level of innovation and creativity where it's like, you're not just copying the movement of, you know, people who have historically done the style but you're actually like adding to it and like utilizing that process of creation as opposed to like just copying the movement itself if that makes sense (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah and i think that that is gonna be a more and more interesting topic moving forward i think i think it already is becoming so because of the recent uh unimate event and me and bbotics we had a npc versus npc battle at an animation event and then you know I feel like it's it's always a spicy topic about the definition of something and the definition of animation yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that can hold my tangent yeah. in and of itself. <laughs> Anyways, before we go down that rabbit hole, um, I'll try and keep us on track. Yeah. So my next question is how have you been able to utilize like NPC as like a trend on social media? to boost your online presence. And I know we talked about this, but like, I'm more curious after it initially went viral, how, how much of it was like luck versus like strategy? And like, mm-hmm. how intentional were you about like, I guess the, your, your content plan, if that's, if that's even a thing that you were thinking about, but yeah. <laughs> Absolutely did not think about it at all. It is, <laughs> I, I really do think it is, mostly luck in a lot of ways you know i don't know you could you could make probably make arguments let's say the quality of our videos the the freshness of how it happens but we're we are beholden to the algorithms of these platforms right and it could even be the basis of our Mm -hmm. follower counts or something like that you know and i do think it's luck i think just because you post a video that's really good doesn't mean it's going to take off um i've seen so many times I've posted something on Instagram and TikTok, the same exact video, and it'll blow up on one platform and not the other. I, it's it's pretty rare. I have only a few mm. videos that did pretty equally on both platforms. It happens. Mm. And you could argue that's demographics. Yeah. So TikTok probably has a much younger demographic in general. The type of content that works on that platform is not necessarily the type of content that works on a different platform, per se. Mm-hmm. TikTok probably a little bit more random in their testing pools, I'm guessing. Instagram, I think, always tests against Mm -hmm. your followers first, I believe. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. All these algorithms are shrouded in mystery. And you then hear about people who will just repost their videos on TikTok, and then they'll blow up after you repost them. If that's true, then there is a luck factor, right? On how these videos get distributed by these platforms, these tools that we have to distribute these to the masses. We are beholden to that. But at the same time, there is strategy. And I would say the number one most important strategy is just post it. The luck is there. You do probably need to be lucky. And yeah, like if you hit a trend at the right time or you know whatever it is or whatever you do to try to enhance your luck factor let's say like you could say Mm -hmm. that maybe fox and i because of skill level we had a higher chance of succeeding than someone that doesn't have the skill level or 
doesn't have as interesting of an idea. Who knows? Um, mm -hmm. But you also have to make it. It has to actually be mm -hmm. out there for it to get lucky. Maybe the, the chance of success is still really low. Like even if it's 0.001%, that is way higher than zero. Mm -hmm. So I would say like, yeah, posting is so much better than not posting. That is my, it's my biggest advice to people is just, just make things posted. Don't care. Work on your art form. Be authentic to, to what you want to make. That's the most satisfying anyway, in my opinion, rather than trying to appeal to an audience. That's my opinion. And I think what I've found is that there isn't much negatives to posting a bad video. Mostly speaking, if you post something that's not mm -hmm. great, no one will care. It'll get forgotten about in a week. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. So you can experiment. You can post and figure out what works and whatnot. Unless you post something that's really inappropriate, like you're pretty much fine just posting whatever you want. <laughs> and it's okay. I've never posted a video and then like just lost a ton of followers, you know, like it's, it's not, that mm -hmm. doesn't, I haven't experienced that. I don't think it happens. There are some things I will say, like, I think particularly TikTok, there are some arguments for not posting bad content. TikTok, strategically speaking, it really enforces people to stick to a particular niche. Like I've, I've gotten to the point now where I probably won't post any more dance content on TikTok. It's probably negatively affecting my account. And should I care? Maybe I don't need to care about it. That's also like a personal choice, what your goals are with your social media content. That's not necessarily reason to not do something, but. I think like what you're saying too about just post it as opposed to not posting, like that speaks to a lot of people. And like, I know myself included who are like perfectionists. Yes, about yeah, exactly. their content and their dance and like I don't know like yeah like you said like if you post one bad video like probably most people aren't even gonna notice it it's probably better to just be consistent because the more you post the more you increase your chances of having like you said that luck and so like that's why I think so many people say like consistency is key is yeah. because like the more you do something like the more chances you have to succeed at it and that's something that I think like, <laughs> it's hard for me. Like I'm, I'm like the queen of like being the most inconsistent at posting things because yeah. I'm just like, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it right. Like, I don't want to, yeah, I, I over, I put too much on my plate and then like, I'll put things off. Well, and I mean, <laughs> it's, post it. it's a lot about your goals too, right? Yeah. And I, ne I didn't necessarily have a, a social media goal before this. It was kind of like, it just <laughs> happened once you blow up and then you have to reconsider things, I guess. So like, it's, there's nothing wrong with being inconsistent. Um, I'm actually somewhat inconsistent still. Like some weeks I'm just busy and I can't post as much, but it is that exact thing of just like doing is way better than not doing. And like you said, keep doing over a long period of time increases your chances of success. Like it's, they yeah. say it's grit, right? With, with skills yeah. and success, it is hard work over a long period of time is what pays yeah. off. And that doesn't mean like half-ass it, like it is hard work still. And you're constantly trying to improve yourself, but that yeah. doesn't mean you should like stress over it, every single thing that you do being perfect. Exactly. Is, I guess the point. Just yeah, post so. and have a record of it. It's great to look back at those videos and you know, you can reflect on it. Yeah. Yeah. Personally, I, I cringe if I watch my old dance videos, yeah, but it's I still have them in my archive at least. Yeah, yeah I do. I do too. It's that everyone, everyone does. So with that being said, I kind of want to piggyback off of that and just talk a little bit more about what your process is like for regularly creating content and like keeping people engaged. And I'm just curious, like how much time you spend on all this stuff from like actually creating the videos to editing and to like scheduling your content and things like that. I would say it is probably more about keeping myself engaged rather than the audience mm -hmm. engaged. And this is a little bit more maybe of my own personal philosophy as an artist and you, you hear a lot of people saying things like focusing on your art or not worrying about the audience and I, I do think there is some level of genuineness or authenticity to your art that way and I, that does attract things and that's sort of the key what are your goals and I don't know if this is a tangent to your question but like my goals here are reaching the people who would be interested in animation dance and robot and stuff like mm -hmm. that. I want to find those people. I want to find the gamers that don't know about street dance and be like, hey, this exists, by the way. Yeah. Um, and it's I am broadcasting through these tools, TikTok, Instagram, to get a wider reach. And so people can 
see this stuff. And so that is what I want. I want to find the person who loves the content that I want to make. I want to find those people. I don't care if everyone likes my videos or not. So mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's really exciting to get millions of views and stuff. It is really exciting. It's fun. But what does that really matter as an artist? That is just praise. It is, yeah, it feels good, but it's not, it's not a higher goal of pushing an art form, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't yeah. think people should like my video if they don't like it. I don't want to, I'm not forcing like you should like NPC videos. Like if you don't like it, just don't watch it. Like, you know, that it's yeah. finding the right people to, to create a community and grow with and as an art form. So because of that, it's a lot more about what I want to make me as an artist. I want to actualize my imagination. So if I get an idea, I'm playing a video game, I'm like, Oh my God, that is funny. I want to make it. I want to try to recreate <laughs> it. And that's it. I get so excited about making that idea. And then I just mm -hmm. do it. And that's basically like the core of my process. And as long as that's still happening, I probably will still make things. Yeah. So like with that, I, I'm curious because you obviously collaborate with so many people on these videos as well. Yeah. And I remember when we were in Arizona doing this, like, because <laughs> you're talking about like how you will watch a video game, and you'll get like ideas from that. But like, I feel like you're constantly thinking about this stuff, or at least from what I've seen, because I remember we were just in Alex's place and you're just like looking around. You're like, oh, yeah, this this would be a good prop. And like, this would be great. And it's like constantly like creating in that sense. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, is that just something that's like ongoing for you? Or do you just like turn it on, turn it off? How does that work? And also, I guess, too, like, how does that play into you collaborating with so many different people as well? Yeah, it, it is a little bit, I would say, turn on and turn off mm -hmm. if I'm actively trying to create something or not, for sure. I mean, sometimes spontaneously might get an idea. One real fun video I made with Bebotics, uh, we were walking home at in LA and we just see a fire. Bebotics turns to me, he's like, yo, Mick, we got to make this video right now. And <laughs> you know, you know, and, and so Bbox was just like, yeah, he saw the thing and it was like, we need to make it. And it was, it was, it made a great video. It was, I mean, also an emergency. Um, we called the cops <laughs> first to make sure that it was like taken care of. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I do have like a good level of creativity and with working with what I have, like working with some constraints, like a certain object or, or something like that, mm -hmm. or a space, I can draw inspiration from that. And that helps a lot for especially creating content on the fly, for example, like when I'm traveling, maybe like I'm at a certain tourist spot and like, hmm, okay, what kind of skit can we apply to this certain area? Mm. I do prefer generally to pre-plan uh, skits ahead of time, mm -hmm. come up with the concept, but um, it's also really valuable to be just in a space and be like, yo, we could just make this right now. We, we have the idea. This weird object at the park is just inspiring to do some stupid content, like, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is. I feel like I could keep diving into this deeper and deeper, but I want to go back to, to like the collaboration portion as oh, well. Yeah. What is your process specifically? Like, how yeah. do you apply all of what we've already talked about to like, collaborating with people when you go places and um, stuff? I mean, every collaborator is different. Some people maybe have specific things they would want to do, or some people are just really excited to, to try it out, that kind of thing. I, at the core of it, I really like to collaborate for a couple of reasons. One is because I, I think it is a wonderful addition to the dance world, especially the dance community that I'm involved with, and a little bit of like anti-gatekeeping in a way. We... Mm -hmm. We as dancers especially are very sensitive about what you can and can't do movement wise, even though mm. it's kind of, it's, it's a little silly in a way, like who can tell you how you can move your body, right? Like what's the, you know, and a lot of it's about respect, like the whole concept of biting and whatnot and it, and it has its place, yeah. right? It, it, I think there's some importance, some serious importance there. And knowing that I've had people be like, you know, like, oh no, like, uh, that's your thing or, or whatever. Like, I want to make the point that it is not my thing. I'm not the first person to do it. I'm not yeah. even the first dancer to do it. I'm not even the first person <laughs> to do it in a dance battle. Like, I, I'm not the first here. I mean, I like to think that I'm in innovating on the space and adding to it because mm -hmm. I'm actively pushing it. And so collaborating with people is 
let me give other people permission and show people too that it's not just me. It's like, okay, we're all doing MPC, right? Like yeah. to really encourage, encourage people so they can see it and they can do it. They don't think, oh, that's like Mick and Clock's thing. Like I can't do it. You know, and, and I respect that. I really appreciate that because they are respecting a, that's like sort of like an unspoken thing that we'll do a lot in dance, right? Don't oh, bite yeah. people, whatnot. But I specifically am trying not, it's anti-gatekeeping. Everyone can do it. Yeah. And also to, you know, give people the skills to make it. You were talking about like seeing my process. If I show someone the process, they might be able to take that and make their own content. It gives them a little bit of a, a step up. And the last part about collaborations is like, well, gosh, if I have a platform that has a strong following, that gives me the opportunity to uplift other incredible dancers, particularly animation dancers mm -hmm. is the goal. Yeah, because I think a lot of these dancers have incredible skills and don't really, you know, maybe they don't care to be in front of a spotlight. That's great. I think it's totally okay for a mm -hmm. dancer to live in the shadows. It's totally cool. But for <laughs> and a lot of dancers, I feel like, you know, it's, it's great to showcase and show people what they're doing. And NBC is just such a great way to show them to a massive audience. Yeah. And it's a little bit too... A point that I thought of earlier that we didn't get to, and I might be getting a little bit on a tangent here, but you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but NPC videos is a medium, in my opinion, to share animation skills with the world. Mm. Because, I mean, there's so many people doing TikTok dances and whatnot, and it's just a completely different thing. If you post a really like artistic, a freestyle video, most of it, like no one cares about like in the, the general world sense we care in our community because that's what we do that's a, it's a niche activity and it's totally okay that only niche people care about niche things that's just how it is mm -hmm. um, it's nice when other people appreciate like other people's niche arts right and sometimes there's a time and place for it whatever NBC is like the skits are more generally relatable and so it is a way to outreach the existence of crazy high level animation techniques to show people that it exists mm. and people can do it with no filters. There's no magic going on. There's just real people able to do this in real time. And it's insane. And I want people to know it. I want people to know that there's all this animation stuff and all this history of people having these skills. This is actually a big reason why I did Twitch streaming and I still, mm. I've been trying to do TikTok streams a little bit because that's live. It can't be faked anymore. Yeah. You know? It can't be a TikTok filter because there's, it's impossible. Like even the, the NPC video, I guess you could argue that we're using some sort of filter or something, but you know, like really show people because animation dance is so incredibly unreal when you see it in person. You see a high level person doing mm -hmm. it your mind will be blown. And when you put it on video, suddenly it doesn't look nearly as crazy. <laughs> like it goes, the skill, it, it goes down. Um, it's a whole nother can of worms too. But I, I feel like things like NPC are the broadcasting tool to showcase mm -hmm. animators and their skills. Yeah, absolutely. Man, you, you touched on so many great points right now. Like I'm like trying to remember everything that I want to like respond to. Um, well, first I'll start with, well, you talked about like platforming people, especially because I think there are so many animators that, like you said, like they don't get enough of a platform, in my opinion, as well, just because a lot of our, our, our dance cultures are really centered around like the battle space. And this is like a whole other side tangent, oh, yeah. but yeah. Um, I just feel like it's important to say because animation in its, I guess, like not to be a purist, but its truest form <laughs> is has always been like more of a performance style of movement, not necessarily a battle style. And so I think it's cool that people are wanting to do like more animation battles and stuff, but at the same time, it just doesn't give you the time or the space to really put on like a good story, which is like what I feel is really yeah. great about an oh, so many animation styles, the storytelling and the character, right? And so like, it takes time to build that character and build that illusion. But if you have 45 seconds, it's really hard to do that in that short amount of time because you don't have the room to be patient in the way that you need to be with a lot of these styles. So 
there is a way to do it in a battle context. And I think there are some really great dancers out there who do it well. But a lot of animators don't excel in that context of yeah. a battle space. They excel in these That's longer true. form performance styles or online, like doing these like really cool like showcase styles or like NPC videos and things like that. So like, I think it's cool that like you're able to platform a lot of people who maybe just don't get the space or the platform to express that side of their dance or that side of their movement. And like, I know for me personally, just speaking from my experience, like I don't enter battles like because I just, I don't think my style fits within that context. And like, I even at Lord of the Lands, Castro came up to me and he was like, he's like, are you battling? And I was like, no. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, well, I don't pop. I was like, I just do robot in animation. And I'm like, why would I enter a popping battle? Because I just know that it's not gonna, I'm not gonna get anywhere. I'm so curious what his response was. He, he said he was like he was like touche like fair point <laughs> okay that's yeah, so that's <laughs> um yeah but like that's the thing is like there's like this expectation i think sometimes that like battling is the culture and it's just it's mm. not like and especially with some of these niche styles there is an artistic side to it like you need to be able to express your artistic mm. self it's not just about the competition and like just battling and and having that you know battle mentality and stuff like right. that so no it's true i mean <laughs> the first thing that i, I wanted to, to think it was like oh i wish i wish you came to unimate unimate really was the animation battle that everyone's always wanted this whole time uh it really mm -hmm. really was incredible and i think because part of the problem is that there's no space for animators at all in battling. So like, because mm -hmm. it doesn't work at a popping battle. And of course, yeah, we don't need to get into that whole thing. <laughs> but uh, so like, it's still, I think it could still play a role, but I do agree with you that it's, it's kind of a challenging part of the scene that it's like respect only comes from winning battles or doing well and, and in mm -hmm. battles. And there's not many platforms that work for the community that showcase dance. Like what I saw traveling in Asia was there were so many showcases in Japan. Like you'll go to a club and some events are just showcases, like two, three people each. And then there's just all night, there's no battle. It's just like people doing showcases all night. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like a great, a much better like format for like telling a story or something like that. And that kind of culture I think just doesn't really exist in america at least i haven't really seen it i've seen like diesel has open flow diesel and green they do the open flow event which provides a similar space which is really cool have performed there mm -hmm. as more of an open artist thing rather than specific to dance but i do agree it's nice to have more live options i think social media is a great way to showcase people's skills and mm -hmm. also kind of going to the fact that sharing a dance video no one cares it's like the NPC is a way to make it more relevant to people yeah and i will say too like just to add to that like i think with npc becoming such a huge movement it is starting a lot of these conversations where people are talking about this stuff more and i think it's creating more of a demand for us to have live spaces like this as well because so many people are getting into animation and getting into npc and robot and all that stuff and they're like well now what like i'm trying to get it, into yeah. it yeah so now it's it's creating that yeah. demand and i think that's super awesome so it is having kind of like that impact it's definitely going to take time yeah. but i think like it's super helpful in that sense too yeah and that concludes part one of this podcast episode i will be splitting this conversation into two parts so definitely stay tuned for the second part and i hope you enjoyed the conversation so far honestly this is one of my favorite conversations I've had yet in that saying something because I've had a lot of really awesome conversations so far this year on this podcast and I've really enjoyed it and I hope you guys are looking forward to the second part as well. Thank you all for tuning in again and I'll talk to you next time. Bye!